You're listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. As always, thanks for joining us. We are always, always having a debate in Detroit about what to do out in our neighborhoods that are continuing to struggle to share in the revitalization that's happening in much of downtown and midtown. And we're always debating when somebody steps up and says, hey, I might be able to help. Quicken Loans founder Dan Gilbert recently unveiled a really ambitious goal to eliminate the property tax burden for up to 20,000 low-income homeowners here in Detroit. That move is part of a $500 million investment aimed at building what the Gilbert Family Foundation is calling, quote, economic opportunity in Detroit neighborhoods. But as always, when social welfare interests issues intersect with private dollars, things can get a little complicated. My next guest has been following the story and reports that more than a thousand Detroiters have already applied for the program in less than a week. Here to tell us more about this new opportunity for homeowners, eligibility requirements is more, is Louis Aguilar. He is a senior reporter with Bridge Detroit. Louis, welcome to Detroit Today. Good morning, Stephen. So briefly, break down the details of this program. How much money here is going toward property taxes specifically, and what's the timeline for getting this funding out into the hands of homeowners? Uh, the amount is $15 million. Uh, that is the first uh, round, I guess, uh, and uh, people should apply now. I mean, they want to eliminate, uh, as you said, uh, the property tax out of up to 20,000 low-income homeowners. Uh, I not sure of the timeline other than maybe within a year, I think, is when they want to reach the 20,000 goal. So so talk about $15 million, and that's just the, the, the upfront number. How how much of a bite would that take out of delinquent property taxes here in Detroit, which we should note are a prime driver of the blight that we still see cropping up in Detroit neighborhoods, uh, the, the, the tax foreclosure that uh, that takes place when people fall behind is what makes empty houses uh, on yeah. a lot of blocks. Well, the 20000 is the estimate of how much they think the lowest income Detroiters uh, they can reach, meaning it will wipe out the debt of the most at-risk homeowners in the city is where they're getting the 20000 And I think once they uh, get close to that number, they're sort of doing an assessment of what to do next, of whether they should invest more into that this particular fund to help erase the property tax debt of even more homeowners than 20000 So um, talk about what else is going to happen under this $500 million plan. $500 million is a lot of money. Sure. And I've got to say that as somebody who's covered neighborhoods in Detroit and lived here for for most of my life. I don't remember another initiative in our neighborhoods that quite hit that number. It's half a billion dollars. Uh, Put that together with the $250 million that the city just borrowed to to do demolition. I mean, you're talking about a significant significant investment in, in our neighborhoods. What else would it do? Well, they hope to invest $50 million annually over the next 10 years to look at neighborhood, neighborhood issues that could range anything from job training to home repair to supporting entrepreneurs or to digital equity. 
so they're sort of waiting to uh, get the initial response of what homeowners are saying and more in-depth uh, conversations with community groups and uh, people in neighborhoods to get a sense where the rest of the money should go. Uh, so it is a, obviously a significant amount of money. And it is what, I mean, you know, the initial response to the uh, $15 million aimed at the property tax that, as you mentioned, uh, it is quite popular among the community groups who deal with residents with property tax debt. Uh, there, As you mentioned, there were in three business days, more than 1,000 people uh, applied to, to get uh, this tax relief. And, and as always, when we have an actor like Dan Gilbert and uh, all the baggage that, uh, that sure. he brings to the conversation about neighborhoods versus downtown and the conversation about uh, foreclosures, not tax foreclosures, but but bank foreclosures, sure. which of course uh, Quicken Loans had some role in uh, here in the city. Um, there, there, there's some controversy. There are some people who look at this and say, "This is not really, this is not really a gift, or not really an appropriate gift, or not an appropriately sized gift for someone who has uh, participated in the things that Dan Gilbert has participated in and benefited." from the things that Dan Gilbert has uh, benefited from. Of course, a lot of tax breaks have gone his way as as well. What do the neighborhood groups that are involved in this um, in this investment and, and have been talking with the Gilbert Foundation and the Gilbert family about it, what do they say about those criticisms? Well, they are grateful for any help they can get at this point because they deal with hundreds of people each year who need relief, and they frankly can't offer them all the relief that they need to get. So in terms of uh, the bigger, the more immediate need, I mean, they are grateful that uh, this is a step in the right direction, and it is one of many sort of reform-minded things that have come out since at least the past five or six years. Um, you know, I mean, obviously, the property tax foreclosures have plagued Detroit for 20 years, and it's left the city with tens of thousands of blighted and vacant homes. Uh, you know, it's just had such a huge effect on the city. From 2002 to 2016, nearly one in three Detroit properties ended up in uh, Wayne County auction of tax foreclosed properties. Uh, you know, it's caused a sharp loss in black ownership, uh, black home ownership in Detroit. Up, up until the early 2000s, Detroit had one of the highest levels of African-American home ownership in the United States. And But because of the uh, subprime uh, mortgage crisis, uh, which Detroit had one of the highest rates for that, I mean, now Detroit has one of... Uh, uh, home ownership among blacks has dropped so uh, significantly. And I think really, I mean, I think it's much more of a renter city than it used to be. Mm -hmm. So all of those, that's a lot of baggage for anyone to take. <laughs> and to have someone who's a billionaire who's gotten, I don't know, $600 million in tax credits to big build big shiny things downtown. I mean, of course you would get that criticism. Um, I mean, it's a lot of baggage to take on, and, you know, people can decide whether they want, if it's not enough compensation for the damage done by the mortgage industry, by 
the bad government policy uh, in the past that, uh, you know, it made it difficult for people who did qualify for uh, tax exemptions on their property taxes uh, and couldn't get it, get it because the, the city didn't do a very good job to get that word out. I mean, literally the ACLU had to file a lawsuit mm-hmm. to sort of uh, make it clear that I mean, they're not reaching the number of people who uh, could be exempt from property tax. So that is just a lot of baggage to take on. But I guess, and I'm not sort of defending uh, Dan Gilbert or anything like that, but uh, he, his group, he, I mean, literally for at least, I think in 2000, 2013 and 2014, he spearheaded sort of a group to sort of, we need to at least count the blight in Detroit to get a sense of how big the issue is. Yeah. Uh, you know, he sort of assembled a team of data nerds who I say who sort of got into the the, the nitty gritty of uh, of how to track this kind of foreclosures. You made the connection of how tax foreclosures is really a huge problem, the way it works, the uh, penalties and interest that people get fined or get tacked on to once they get behind is just a, a vicious cycle. Uh, and there has been improvement you know i think it was around 2019 uh i'm sorry 2015 when i think at the peak there were about 9000 homes that went through tax foreclosure mm-hmm. and in 2019 there were probably around 500 the detroit homes that went through tax foreclosure so that's a huge drop in the number of tax people that went through tax foreclosures so yeah. But there is still a large number of people who are still behind other taxes and live with the threat of being foreclosed upon. Yeah. Uh, it's also true that this overassessment issue that has sure. been unearthed yeah. in, in Detroit uh, has a huge tab to pay. Uh, and the city has, has yet to, to find a way to deal with that, to, to, to make those those homeowners whose properties were overassessed and some of them who lost their homes yeah. uh, because of those overassessments, the city has not found a way to make them whole. Uh, does some of this money try to fill fill in that gap? Oh, uh, you know, indirectly maybe, but I, you know, I, that was something. That came out of a Detroit news investigation that found that the city overtaxed more than 63,000 homeowners, right. a total of $600 million between 2010 and 2016. And, uh, you know, I think the average overtax was maybe just around $3,800 or something. Uh, so I don't see how this really impacts that those number of those people because the timeline is uh, just there's too much time has passed and this program really sort of wipes out the debt of say the past two or three years right. the people uh, are... so it doesn't do much for the that group of people who were lost their it doesn't do i don't see how it does anything for people who lost their homes because they were overtaxed uh those years ago yeah yeah <laughs> i'm talking with uh lewis aguilar he's a senior reporter for Bridge Detroit, we're talking about the new Gilbert Fund that aims to help thousands of Detroit homeowners who are behind on their property taxes. Uh, $500 million that uh, the Gilbert Family Foundation has pledged over the next 10 years to help 
shore up Detroit neighborhoods that are hard hit by blight uh, and abandonment uh, and disinvestment. They're also hard hit, quite frankly, by some of the things that uh, the Gilbert organization uh, has been involved in, including uh, the tax foreclosure or the, the, the mortgage foreclosures. Uh, that happened uh, as part of uh, the, the the massive economic downturn uh, in uh, 2008. Uh, if you want to join the conversation, give us a call. What do you think of someone like Dan Gilbert coming forward and saying he's going to help uh, Detroit neighborhoods with $500 million? Is this something uh, that you take as a genuine act of trying to help, or are you pretty cynical about the motivations here uh, also talk about what you think this means in the light of the kinds of tax breaks that uh, the Gilbert organization has gotten over over the years. Uh, do, you, do you think that maybe uh, a better approach might be to, to reform that system and not give so many tax breaks? Uh, and then maybe he wouldn't uh, be in the position of uh, having to help shore up neighborhoods quite as much as he did. Uh, whatever you think about uh, about Dan Gilbert's move here, we'd love to hear from you about it, especially if you live in a Detroit neighborhood that's hard hit by some of these things. Are you in a place where there are a lot of abandoned houses? Are you in a place where people continue to leave, to move away rather than uh, to stay uh, or move back? Uh, what do you think uh, should be done? There's a lot of community groups that are lining up uh, in favor of what's happening here, and a lot of Detroiters who are lining up to try to get the help. As always, the number here on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page, put comments there, or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today. We'll try to work you in the conversation. A listener on Twitter says it's completely ridiculous. His business has helped speed up our foreclosure crisis already set into motion by high city assessments and property taxes. He played Monopoly with downtown, and now he wants to be the white savior of our neighborhoods. Brian on Twitter says, please just take a gift as a gift. So many people make the perfect the enemy of the good. Instead of blaming this man for giving his money away, why can't we talk about why property taxes are so high in the first place? Uh, Dave on Twitter asks, does the Gilbert $500 million property tax relief program in Detroit go to people who lost their homes? Due to the land bank, uh, to the land bank, due to the overtaxing previously, we were just talking about that, and there's no indication that uh, that that kind of relief uh, is going to be in this bill. Uh, as always, again, three one three five seven seven one zero one nine is the number on the phones. Let's start with Cynthia in Detroit. Cynthia, welcome to the show. Thank you. Uh huh. Go ahead. Um, I'm a property owner in Detroit, mm-hmm. and for I've had a problem with. Uh, the city county building, and Greek Town, which is Wayne County. My property went into forfeiture for 2019, even though I've been paying to the dividend system. Over, I had overpaid in the dividend system. So my 2020 taxes ended up being fully paid, and my 2019 ended over in Wayne County as being delinquent. Hmm. So... This, the county building had over seven, about $700 of overpayment of my tax money that I needed to take over to Wayne County and pay for the delinquent taxes that they say are in Wayne County. Right. None of the citizens in Detroit, I, I guarantee you, most of us have no idea that on March 1st, 
if our taxes aren't fully paid, they go to over to Wayne County. Right. I'm paying. I'm, I had paid two thousand dollars to the dividend, thinking I'm in the pay, paying my taxes on time, and study receiving a 2019 notice. And I'm also in that group of, of taxpayers from 2010 to 2016 that is overpaid. So, and I'm incurring penalty and interest in Wayne County. Wow. You know, because the county building is holding $700 of my money because my 2020 taxes are fully paid. Yeah. And it took me literally eight months to get that $700 back. I just got it back. Wow. from the county building wow. so I could take it over to Wayne County and pay and my pay. 2019 tax. Yeah. So Detroit is a mess. They have us paying on dividend and, and we, our house, my house is fully paid for, but it's the tax, the way the taxes are, you know, the system, it's like, why doesn't anybody at the county building know that I owe 2019 taxes at Wayne County? There's no way to, to, for these two systems to meet up, yeah. you're just holding and you're charging me penalty and interest in Wayne County and you're not giving me my money back at the county bill. You're not giving mm-hmm. me penalty and interest while you're holding my money. Right. Cynthia, another dimension of this is right now, uh, because of the pandemic and short staffing, if you call uh, the line to talk to someone at the county about property taxes, you get a message, uh, and it says to, to leave a message, uh, and you don't necessarily get a call back. So it's not even possible um, to get you know somebody to help you figure this this stuff out right now. I mean, it it really is a confusing system for people who just live here in the city to try to figure out you know how to pay taxes. And and as you point out, you're a homeowner who has a, a paid off house, which is pretty common here for homeowners in, in Detroit, uh, you should not be in, in jeopardy uh, of losing that investment because of a tax system that uh, that doesn't make sense. Uh, Cynthia, I really, really appreciate the call uh, <clears throat> and the example. Let's go to Elena in Detroit. Elena, welcome to the show. Thank you. Hey. I just wanted to mention, I, I think it's really important to understand the tax captures and what Dan Gilbert is able to achieve through legislation that he has a great hand in. Mm-hmm. And that is that the developers are able to capture the taxes. This is really important for listeners to understand that Wayne County Community College, Detroit Public Schools, and the Detroit Public Library are losing upwards of 20% of our taxes, the millage money and the bond money, while the Detroit Zoo, the Detroit Institute of Arts, are able to continue to get their 100%. Dan Gilbert had everything to do with this, and this really comes down to the majority black institutions losing money to the ones that are really more frequented by suburbanites in Detroit. Dan Gilbert has been instrumental in creating this incredibly racist structure of what's going to end up ethnic cleansing in Detroit. Mm. We cannot be fooled by these little um, multi billion-dollar grabs on one hand and throwing a few million at us on the other. Yeah. Uh, uh, that, that issue of how the tax capture works and uh, the institutions that uh, end up uh, with the short end of the stick because of it uh, is something that was uh, the subject of a Detroit Free Press story recently as well that, that people can go 
and and check out. I mean, there, there's no question that the tax capture uh, infrastructure here in in Detroit is something we ought to be really talking about and thinking about whether it makes sense and how we might do it uh, fairer and better. And Elena, um, you know, the, the the comparison between the institutions that are losing and the, those that are gaining and the racial dynamic there, I think, is uh, another really important. Uh, dimension to, to note here. Uh, again, thanks very much for the call uh, and the comments. Uh, Lewis, I wonder if you have reactions to what we've heard from uh, Cynthia and Elena. Well, you know, Cynthia brings up, uh, and I'm sorry you're going through that confusion, and unfortunately it's a common story you hear among uh, homeowners who uh, sort of get caught in a very confusing uh, system that uh, where the city doesn't talk to the county, uh, she brings up the uh, issue of uh, interest rate. Uh, the, uh, I had so many uh, people who, community organizers who work with uh, property tax issues who say that, you know, the state charges uh, 18% per year uh, for your uh, back taxes. And at some point, you know, I mean, the interest just makes it impossible for people to catch up. And so it's a very vicious cycle. I mean, uh, there is, you know, really kind of a profit motive for the county to mm-hmm. <laughs> just sort of keep uh, adding on more tax delinquency because it really does help their bottom line. Yeah, yeah. Uh, again, uh, Elena and Cynthia Thanks very much for uh, your calls and your questions. Uh, before we before we end, I've got another question on Twitter, a direct question. Uh, Graham on Twitter, on Twitter says, uh, uh, Lewis, what do you think is the motivation behind this donation from Dan Gilbert? Uh, Graham says his two cents is that when private companies and individuals, as opposed to governments, have this much control over people's yeah. quality of life, there is no accountability. What uh, what do you think is 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 moving Dan here? Yeah, that is a great question, and I you know it's speculation. I would say, sort of in terms of bottom line, if he's invested so much in Detroit, in terms of uh, it's the headquarters of his businesses, uh, to have such an unequal balance uh, between a. a you know, a, a glimmery downtown and midtown and cork down and have other neighborhoods where it's tough to get a mortgage, where things are still struggling. I mean, you can say it's just a very, at this point, I mean, he's protecting his investment of in Detroit. I mean, he's got to help the rest of Detroit to at least uh, stabilize even more than uh, than it has so far. Uh, that is like that would be one thing. I mean, it protects his investments in Detroit uh, to help stabilize uh, bigger parts of the city. I think he does actually care about the city. Uh, you know, he's from here. Uh, he's a big promoter of the city. Um, in terms of the more, uh, you know, that. Uh, He's got to do it because he's got so many tax breaks. I mean, I don't know. I mean, you can you. I certainly understand why people say that, and I certainly understand why people question the larger system that he benefits from. Uh, that those are valid questions to ask. Yeah, yeah. 
Okay, Louis Aguilar, senior reporter with Bridge Detroit. Great to have you here with us on Detroit Today. Thanks very much. Thank you. We're going to take another quick break, and when we come back, we are going to take a look at why and how Michigan got back to the top of COVID cases nationally. It is an unbelievable surge, and uh, if you're anything like me, you're a little frightened uh, about what we're seeing and wondering what we should be doing to turn the numbers back in the other direction. Paul Kilgore, uh, professor at uh, Wayne State's uh, medical school, will join us to talk a little more about what is going on and what we should be doing. Stay with us for more Detroit Today.